Hey, I'm Amar Chohan. And I'm Charlotte Williams. Thanks for tuning in to Love, Hate, Create. We speak to the smartest people from across the advertising industry to find out what they love about it, what they hate, and what change they want to create. Hello and welcome to another episode of Love, Hate, Create, where today we are talking to Greg Hahn. Um, Greg is co-founder and CCO of Mischief at No Fixed Address. His creative vision is the chief engine behind its unprecedented and meteoric rise from a 2020 startup, gosh, it's only been three years, four years, to an agency of the year four times over, ad age number one agency of the year, 2022, campaign number one agency, 2022-2023, Adweek US Agency of the Year 2023, as well as the most effective independent US agency um, as, as awarded by the EFI Awards. So Greg launched Mischief to create work that makes a stir because the riskiest thing a brand can do is of course be ignorable. He's created a home for people to come and do the best work of their lives free from the fear that shackles tradition. It's a safe place for dangerous ideas and we can't wait to hear about what he loves, what he hates and the change that he would create. Welcome, Greg. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you guys about those three things. <laughs> Great to have you uh, with us, Greg. So to get us started, a, a laundry list there of, yeah. of accolades that you guys have achieved in a really short space of time. Could you have imagined this is where you'd be, where the agency would be um, when you now, when you first started out? No, I think you almost have to be delusional to have started out thinking that it's crazy. But it's, it's just one of those things we've been really focused on the work and the work has led us to where we are. You know, it's like we have a very clear vision and some of the smartest, you know, brightest people in the industry bound under that vision. So that, that, that helps, you know, everyone seems to be to be aligned on this mission and we're just going full steam. Yeah, and, and how, how big do you guys get then? Uh, that's always a question on my mm. mind with the, the, the indies that grow and uh, winning so much business. Like, is there a, like, a limit on where you think the size should be of an agency, like to maintain the, the, the values and the, the amazing culture you guys have? That is the trick. I think I'm not so much focused on headcount or size. What I wanna focus on is impact in the, what we, the impact we can make on the industry and on our clients' business. So I w the, the most important thing to me right now is to make sure we maintain our culture. And if that means sacrificing a big client or the wrong kind of client, for sure, we will, we will, you know, we, we're very conscious of that. We're not going to take on business that's going to change us. We are very honest about who we are and that kind of draws the right kind of clients. So as long as we can maintain that, we can grow. And you also have to be very careful about who you bring into this mission. You know, the wrong kind of people can change everything. So we hire slowly and we were on a very considered growth path, but still, you know, it's happening fast. Yeah. Would you rather have a hole than an arsehole, as Steve Jobs said? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Steve's one to talk, though. Come on. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I think we know which one. But I, 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 um, I, I love that. I think that's the thing is like oh, one bad person can set the culture the wrong way. So you have to be very careful who you, who you hire. And so far, we're, we, we've, we've done really, really well with that, I feel. Great. So let's move on to the premise, of course, of the podcast, which is 
what you love about this world, this industry, um, what you hate and the change that you would create. Um, so first up, let's let's go with a positive then, Greg. What, what is it that you really love? First of all, I, I think a lot of this is so much about perspective. And I, I, I just, I'm happy with what we get to do every day. Like we, we have great jobs. Like this is really a fun industry and it should be fun. So I think what I love about this is like what we are tasked to do every day, which is solve really interesting problems with creativity. And that's like a gift. Like we get to wake up and do that every day and make culture impacting work that the world can see. So, you know, if you take a step back, I know there's frustrations and there's, you know, the, this isn't, it's not all Pollyanna, but the day to day and, and the kind of jobs we have is really fun. And I actually really like the work. So um, I'm, I'm actually kind of, holy, I guess you, you could say that, but I'm, I'm, I'm very bullish on, on the job of being a creative in, in this world. It's good. I was just reading, just before this started, I was reading a newsletter. I think it's Michael Farmer who writes a lot about agency business. And, you know, there's a lot of talk at the moment. In fact, it's everywhere, right? It's not just that newsletter around the role of the CMO and they're all in in jeopardy and they're being scapegoated for this, that and the other. Do, do you sort of follow these sort of criticisms or negative things that you see around this and people sort of slightly downplaying creativity? What Do you follow all of that? No, I think my goal is to like be the change you want to see, like do great work, yeah. put it out there, show that it's effective and that it can work. And again, it's all about, you know, perspective and gratitude like we're very lucky to have these positions and to be able to affect culture so let's put stuff out there that 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 helps that and you know i i know one thing that was driving the business when when i made the shift to mischief was fear and the founding principle of mischief is like written in stone is what would you do if you weren't afraid and that to me guides everything because it, it it sort of lifts the weight of fear out of the room and suddenly you're free to do whatever you want without consequences of, 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 you know, punishment or whatever you think might happen. So I think once you take that out of the room, it, it really allows for space to play and have fun. And, you know, of course you're, you're not be irresponsible with that, but I, f I find that we're our own worst enemies in this, in this industry at some points. And a lot of that is about that negativity and, you know, the, the, this, this talk that we perpetuate. And you guys work with clients that, uh, comfortable kind of abiding by that kind of ethos do you, do you guys filter for that in the process i know you guys are somewhat famous recently for turning down a lot of work which is a great place to be in H how is it that you guys then filter for the right kind of client for the ones that take on that mindset and that you know you can push rather than kind of push and then get to the actual moment and they they pull back yeah i mean i think we've always said our our best new business tool is the work we do for our clients so when we put that out there and see that it draws the kind of clients that want more of that and they see the results you know it, we're really proud that we are the most effective independent agency out there because it shows it's like a testament that creativity and you know quote unquote bold work can make a difference in people's business so if clients believe that and don't have to be sold on that then there are kind of clients, you know, so it, it, it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling, you know, prophecies. You put that kind of work out there, yeah. draws the kind of clients. You do more of that kind of work, and so far the flywheel's been <laughs> working in our favor. And I mean that is incredible, right? Because it, it does. It's that double whammy of like being 
so highly creatively effective, right? It's it, it it's the ultimate accolade, isn't it? But is there? Can you talk a bit about that? That the FE was it for a particular piece of work, or is it generally through? No, that's what I like about it. It wasn't one piece of work that carried us through. It was like four or five clients, maybe even more. Um, we spent a lot of time, you know, trying to make sure that our work works. Otherwise, we don't get permission to play anymore. You know, we're not doing this just just for uh, to put stuff on our refrigerator. We're doing this to show the world and clients that creative work makes a difference in business. Fantastic. Okay, moving on to the next section. Then tell us what it is that you hate about this wonderful industry. Two things. <laughs> I'll give you two things. In one is kind of related to what we're talking about before, and it sounds kind of paradoxical, but the thing I hate is negativity. Like, <laughs> yeah. There is too much negativity in this business, and I think, we're again, we are our own worst enemy. I kind of get the sense that everybody's down on it from within and from without, so, you, you know, from the top down. So I think we just need more positivity and gratitude and believing in what we do matters. Because if you go on something like these anonymous sites and it's just everybody's talking down and talking shit and tearing each other down so i think perpetuating this idea that your success doesn't mean my failure is is a good thing for the industry so we got to kind of build this like we're all in this together something great comes yeah. out there and wins we all win it, it just makes a case for good work yeah and you've you've been in the industry a while now right you've seen various agencies you work with lots of different types of clients you've won the awards where do you think the negativity stems from? Like, why do you think there is that imbalance? Uh, it's part of the, one of the reasons we started this podcast is yeah. because we actually thought that there's room for equal portions of proportions of, of outrage and optimism, ideally more optimism. Yeah. But mm. what, based on your point of view, is the, the driver of the negativity? I think this business has always been built around severe competition, like agencies competing against mm. each other. So that, you know, back in the days before uh, people were online doing it, they were in bars talking shit about each other. So that's just kind of, that's always been there. Um, I don't think it needs to be, but um, it, it, the industry has gotten harder. And I think instead of trying to find ways to fix it, we just f find ways to bitch about it. So my goal is to like, let's, if you have a problem, change it. Yeah, I saw your your New Year's resolution or motivational post, which was what, don't, don't play the game, change the game. Yeah. I, I yeah. like that. That resonated with me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's kind of in the back of my head for everything. And you know, whatever that is, and that kind of leads to my second, my second point about the things I don't mm. like, I guess the hates, um, and this isn't a bitch fest, but it's something I think the industry could figure out a better way is pitching, you know, the, the yes. six agencies doing full on spec work for, for a pitch is, is really draining and hard on everybody, including clients. So I, I, I do believe there's a better way. I think we've, we've managed to find a better way for for a lot of our projects and i think it comes from you know starting with a relationship by doing the work and then moving on to like do you want to make do you want to make this full-time kind of thing rather than um cattle call and is that the pro because i know everyone listening to this is gonna be dying to know this because it is a big thing isn't it that that mischief puts out there is that you you don't pitch is is that real you don't pitch for any no no, 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 no that, that that's not true because we, we do pitch we have to like there's certain business there's i get it like there's certain things that yeah. they're just going to want to pitch they're going to have to it's unavoidable yeah. because it's just a big corporation if you want to play that game you gotta you gotta play so yeah it's not a it's not true that we don't pitch what 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 happens more often than not is we're getting we get invited to pitches we do a chemistry session and we explain to them mm -hmm 
that we've, we've, you know, we put a lot of thought into the problems that you need to solve. We want to talk to you. Let's start, let's start working together rather than wasting time on, you know, on a fake project or whatever that is. So we've, um, you know, I believe like if you, if you like the agency's work in the past and they've shown that they can do it over and over and over again, and you like the people that you're talking to, they seem mm-hmm. to get a grasp for who you are. And what more do you need? I don't think you always need to show, have the, mm-hmm. have the agency go through every piece of communication you need to deliver in the next year on spec, because that's it's not the best yeah. way to work. Best way to work yeah. is hand in hand, not us get second guessing what you might need in seven months. And how are you guys navigating that with clients that maybe want to take you down the more traditional um, or kind of orthodoxical pitch route? What's your, what, what's your way to appease them? It's a case-by-case basis. I mean, some simply can't. And, you know, and mm. it, if we believe in the brand, believe in the people, we'll do it. Like, we've won pitches. It's just, um, in all fairness to everybody, clients in other agencies, it's, it's best not to all have to go through all that. Yeah. And what's your formula for running a pitch then and winning a pitch without breaking people's spirits? Yeah, there's no formula. Otherwise, we win every pitch. But I think the best <laughs> way to do it is, you know, is to make sure everybody wants it in in the agency and you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. It's never for the money. It's usually for, mm-hmm. can we make great work? Can we, do we like these people? And then, will will they pay us fairly? It's like, you know, on the list, but it's not it's not the first thing you look at is, to get money you know i we do have a one of our principles that we've stated on paper in our in our mischief you know mindset kind of document is that you you really have to guard what makes you special and the money will follow that if you follow the money you will cease to be special and yeah. it's so easy to become a yet another agency in this business there's so many of them that don't stand out we really want to treat mischief as as a, as a special brand that stands out and people know why why we're here yeah seeing as we're on the subject i'm curious to know and we'll keep it balanced what's the worst pitch experience you've ever had (laughs) and what's the best the best is none (laughs) (laughs) that's what you love and this happened we just meet him like after a chemistry session they cancel the pitch like and just because we connected so far and you have really intelligent conversations about Mm. yeah you can't get better than that that's happened I mean, the worst is I, I, I just hate losing pitches. I hate like going all the way and, um, you know, feeling like, yeah, we, we were so right for them and all that. Yeah. Um, what I've seen happen, it was more more prevalent in the early parts of the pandemic when there was just so much chaos and so much, is that a full pitch would happen and then no work would come out of it from, from any agency. <laughs> you know, it feels like that was the thing that was that was happening in the early part of the pandemic for some reason. Yeah, because uh, just thinking about some of the because some of the work you do, like Tubi, which obviously everyone will know, EOS, all those brilliant um, the the work that you've done that's quite brave, that's quite out there. That obviously takes quite a high degree of, I guess, chemistry, trust. Um, is that what is that the secret then to creating this like culture? It is changing shaping work you nailed it the one word trust you know right our clients trust us we trust them you know that kind of thing i will say about i've done a lot of super bowl spots in my as you say long career 
uh, but I've done a lot and they're, they're, they're a special beast where you, you know, you start seven months early, you go through many, many rounds and a lot of approvals. The Tubi was, um, one or two meetings and they bought, they bought the first round, bought two things for the first round. What you saw in Super Bowl was pretty much what we presented. They're just great, you know, and it's clients like that. You can see that and I think there's a reason that people responded to it the way they did is because they could tell it wasn't committee to death. It was, it just felt like, um, fresh. Yeah. Felt fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Raw. So that wasn't seven months. What was that like? Seven weeks, seven days. No, I mean, we started, <laughs> we started during the summer of like, got the brief, but it wasn't like many, many rounds. And what in the seven months was spent on like producing like the, especially the rabbits, you know, go, going down that, not, cu- not representing and presenting and overthinking and testing and any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, it was pretty gut instinct, pure and very little layers, you know, so that, that those are the best kind of clients, the clients that you can work with and trust. And it, I will say when you have those kind of clients, they're the ones you don't want to let down. Your agencies will go way out of their way. To deliver for you if, if you have that kind of relationship yeah so there's been a bit of an uproar right in the past couple of weeks with the um solo stove and snoop dog and then the firing <laughs> of the ceo i'm curious to know what your hot take on it is as if there are i'm curious to know what i think it delivered brilliantly of what they probably asked it to do which is gain awareness for the brand right so if it didn't mm. if it didn't hit some other metric, that's that's not on the piece of work or the agency necessarily. It's it's on the, the metric or whoever didn't deliver that part of it. So it's kind of like to me, it's 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 like it's like grading a math test on your spelling. It's just like why? <laughs> what, what, Great analogy. Yeah, what, <laughs> like what are they judging it on? I think it did. It got an A plus on what they asked it to do, and if it didn't do this other thing, that's not what it was built for. So don't don't judge it. I think, you know, feels like a, a, a piece like that was built for instant fame. And that's what mm. they got. And what if, what that fame leads to is onto like the other part of the plan. So, you know, that's where the fault lies. I think if there's a fault is in what do you do after you get people's attention? Yeah. Yeah. What was the plan for, for the follow through? And um, I think it delivered the message. It wasn't off yeah. message. It, it get, people understood it was a smokeless stove like that that's and it got a lot of people's radars maybe they're not gonna buy it. it's kind of reminds me of that there's this great story i forget who told it but it was um it was someone who was i think the story's about porsche or some other luxury car in uh, a guy walks in a dealership and said uh, i want to buy this car based off of an ad and they're like really wow that's effective ad. what what ad was it and he said something i saw when i was 10 <laughs> so you know and that's branding right that's that's the way these things work is they get in your head you understand something about the brand you when and when the time comes and you're ready to buy that's who you go to right absolutely yeah yeah that's a great that's a great one um yeah so so okay so so what you love is is creativity solving problems you you still get a threat and solving big so i'm i'm going back here because i know we've gone love hate and the next one's great but just just to recap so it's it's the solving the big gnarly business problems yeah that, interesting problems with creativity yeah problem. big gnarly one fun <laughs> but it we, I, we just love solving problems i think that's that's the interesting part of the job and that's why i like strategy so much you know people think of us as a quote-unquote hot shop creative shop 
but we're really, we like to say we're a um, strategy shop disguised as a creative shop. <laughs> you know, we, we get we get into the deep down into the weeds on that. I love it. I love behavioral economics, all the kind of stuff. Oh, I love that stuff. Yeah. Behavioral science is, is magic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So you, so you love that. So you're a, you're a strategy geek. You hate the pitching um, and the bitching. The pitching and the bitching. Pitching and the bitching are the two things I'd like to change in this industry. Um, maybe they go hand in hand, but um, yeah, I understand some are necessary evils and others just make people feel good at the time, but none of them are great yeah. for the industry. No, they're not. They're not good, are they at all? And, th and then um, the last bit then, Greg, is, is what is the change that, that you would create then if you could wave a, a magic wand and and change everything up shake yeah. everything up what mischief would you cause well i'd like to think that i'm doing that now so like i'm trying to create what i would create like my magic wand is, is mischief so i want to create a place and it's in our statement of where people can come and do the best work of their lives free from all the bullshit you know the politics the fear the all the other things that are holding people back and just come and come enjoy the, enjoy the the job again and make magic you know make make stuff people care and, and talk about and that you know we're trying that's what that's the goal of mischief is I, I, after bbdo and all that went down i it's like I, I want my next thing to be fun and daring and i don't care if it works or not and i believe if you're having fun and you're daring to do new things it'll work it'll be successful so you know my my role model for the perfect agency is um is willy wonka's chocolate factory <laughs> so that's what I want to build. That's what I would create if I could, right? That's a good okay. good bar. To a cross set. between Andy Warhol's factory and Willy Wonka's factory. Have you seen the new one? Yeah, yeah, that was actually uh, one of the better. Like, I know one of your questions was about movies. That I just saw it with my daughter, my you know, my wife, and I saw. It. I thought it was great. Such an uplifting, positive yeah. kind of fun watch. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to digging because the book is probably one of my favorite yeah ever Ron Dahl's was amazing Ron Dahl's yeah classic, uh, yeah his stuff is so good in fact he has a he has a series on like I, I watch I think it's on Tubi actually um Tales of the Unexpected it's all these little short stories by him and they're done in the 70s super low-fi super cheap it looks like a soap opera but I like kind of binge on them every once in a while when you need to <laughs> shake your head up I want to see that we don't get chibi we don't do we no no just in terms of your your future with mischief, then I know we touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but um, how far can you, do you think you can push it? How how much does the the ethos, the, the 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 best work of people's lives and having fun, like scale? And does that mean like making an office in another country or like world domination or like how, how far do you think you can push it and maintain that level? I'm really curious. I think the world would benefit from more mischief. So I'm not against it. <laughs> you know, I think we could build, build it as big as we want. We just have to maintain the culture. And I, I think it could go beyond um, advertising communications. It could go, mischief Ooh. could be a brand. You know, I, I think, I, th I think it's wide open. No one, again, I, I hesitate to plan too much because if you were to ask me four years ago what I would be doing, it wouldn't be this, you know, you just mm. don't know. And again, it's like sometimes your reality surpasses your, your dreams. Other times you got to dream bigger. So uh, we're at the stage of like, what's next? Let's keep our eyes open and, and, and keep moving. 
Yeah. yeah, so it happens organically rather than the the plan for world domination in three years. It's like actually, let's just oh yeah, all we can do is fix what we're doing to 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 make mischief a success, and that's finding the right people and the right clients, and then build from there. Can't envision like I want to be in three countries with six hundred people in five years. Mm. You don't write it down on paper and try and manifest it. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I I try to. I, I tried to put the best work we can out there at the time and and, yeah. and not be so rigid. I just I just think times change so quickly now that you can't mm. if you if you if you draw out a plan to stick to it too too rigidly, you will miss out on opportunities, I think. Yeah. yeah. How are you guys treating awards? And obviously you've been put on the lists for Ad Age and Ad Week and Campaign. Um, is it part of your your strategy? Do you guys need to enter awards to get the the, the kudos that you're already getting? Um, and I mean, can in particular. For per- me personally, I, I you know they don't they're not going to change my life, but I do think juniors, you know, and younger people yeah. do do appreciate them. So we, we're and I, and I think it's good to add visibility to the agency in the industry by winning awards. But we certainly don't base our worth on it. I think they're not they're nice, and they again they put add to your profile but to me the the awards that i really love are the ones that that aren't just for a piece of work but for the agency in general like you know agency of the year that kind of thing it's just like such a testament to the fact that everybody at mischief is is doing something Mm. you know different and and special yeah yeah and obviously you're you're already creating the change that you want with with mischief what would be your advice to anyone else wanting to emulate what you guys are doing because there are a hell of a lot of indies out there and there are some very exciting pockets of, of talent i think mm. but i don't think yeah. there are any that have quite look set the world alight the yeah. way that you guys oh, oh, thank have you. so what would you what would you say to to those people that are kind of thinking of either doing it or are doing it and want to just like mm. fly the way you guys are i say find your core strength and it may not be what ours is, find your core strength and then run with it as far as you can. Like be one thing, be yourself and try to understand what you bring to the party and and do that. Don't try to emulate anybody mm-hmm. else, but be- believe in one thing and, and run with it. And and let the, that will draw the kind of clients that, that are right for you. And that again, will start that, that flywheel of, you know, whatever, you know, the virtuous cycle of, you know, clients coming to you for good work, you being able to do good work, you know, in that just building on itself. Yeah. I think that's sage advice. And actually, it's a bit of a leitmotif in, this, in our podcast now, because our last, we interviewed someone recently, Michael Sugar, and he was talking about just focusing on that, on, on one thing and get, doing that really, really well. And it's interesting, isn't it? When I look at some agency websites, there's like a laundry list of everything they do and, and brand especially in this and this and positioning and, and, and you're like oh my gosh it's overwhelming whereas it seems that you're very clear on your mission yeah that doesn't mean yeah, like executionally one thing it just means purpose like yeah, what, what, yeah while purpose. you're there yeah yeah, yeah. your purpose you're you're, yeah. you're philosophical one thing not your executional not one your thing. execution one yeah. thing yeah okay yeah but it, it it feels to me like you've really crystallized that and that's yeah. a bit of a mantra throughout the agency right yeah. your tick people know clarity of vision i think would be the, the the most important thing for a startup agency to have right now it's like why do you exist we don't need another agency yeah. no. why do we need you and there's probably a good reason like you want to start an agency for a reason 
So figure that out and then find people that are really good at what they do. It's the other thing that's really helped me is like, I found partners that were so much better at things I suck at than I am. I mean, they're like the best in the business and, and they take care of a lot of things that I can't do or necessarily don't want to do. So, so find great partners is, yeah. is the key. And it definitely yeah. seems like there's a bit of an independent creative movement happening, right? A revolution, if you yeah. want to call it. Mm. Do you think that holding company agencies should be worried about that? Do you think that they've turned their attention elsewhere already? Like, well, what's, what's your view on that, having been on I mean, those I sides? Do, I, do think, I do think they're noticing, which is kind of interesting. You know, it's like, um, I, I do think they're wondering where their place is. And there's a role for holding company agencies. There's clients that want all that. But I do think there's a, a spirit of it. independent agencies are, are, are having a lot of say in the, in, in brands right now. And that, that I think it's great. Great. Yeah. Right. To wrap things up then we've got our rapid fire <laughs> lightning round, whatever you want to lightning call it. Round. Um, we talked a bit about Willy Wonka already, but, um, what's, what's a recent TV show or movie that you loved and that you'd recommend yeah. people go out and watch? I just finished it this week. Me and my wife and I got really into Fargo, the, the latest season of Fargo. Have you guys watched that? Have not. Not the latest one. The latest one's really good. Um, I will say this, like the performances and the direction are so spot on. Like the, they didn't miss a beat on the tone of that. And every episode kind of keeps you going. So I really dig Fargo. Just started watching the new True Detective kind of uh, Oh, oh, that yeah, looks good. Yeah, yeah, so far it's kind of like um, a bit of a slog, which a lot of those true detective first, yeah, I love true detective, but yeah. it's but they're always really well done. Um, quite dark, it's so interesting though. Now that you mentioned it, it's like a lot of my content has to do with murder, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, be, that, that might be if I was a psychoanalyze it, like solving problems, you know, like. I like detective shows. Yes, you like detective. Just a form of escapism. I've, have you seen The Killing? Sorry, we don't want to talk too much oh, yeah, about I, murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, new, but the American version, I think, is really good. Yeah. Like, it, it's Gandhi Noir, right? But it's been adapted and um, it's an American version with Joel Kim. It's brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I watch all those. Okay. <laughs> Greg likes yeah. murder. <laughs> My escapism was watching other people murder other people at war. <laughs> Getting busted for it, so um, yeah, Good. Fargo's great. I, I would, yeah. And then the other, we, we know what... on the other side of it, yes, go see Walker. It's a, it's a delight. Got it, got it. Okay, yeah. So we know what the algorithms are feeding you. It's mur murder content. <laughs> <laughs> um, what next question? Then. What is a recent campaign, non mischief, that you've absolutely loved? What's a piece of brand work that you've absolutely loved? There's so many out there right now. Uh, uh, two two recent ones, you know, from like the last couple months or month or so, come to mind. I love um, the Uber Eats with Robert De Niro. Have you guys seen that? Yeah, that was good, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, really good. What I like about it is how restrained it was. Like they weren't afraid to be super low key with it and yeah. super dry. Yeah. And you know, David Shane is a master of dialogue and, and that kind of thing. And it, yeah, it, it takes was, confidence. That takes confidence. I love it. Yeah, I and mean, confidence is a big word for great work. I think that's the, that is, a, I think you, you nailed a key because the other piece I was going to talk about was the Ikea proudly second best or second, you know, choice. Oh uh, yeah. Which again, 
not many brands would have the confidence to do that. And it's such a great insight. So it is, isn't it? Is that the, where the mum's holding the baby? Yeah, and, and like, then there's like an IKEA yeah. piece of furniture next to it. That's yeah, pretty, you know, yeah. second fiddle to, to yes, yeah. And then again, very relatable. Great insight, great, yeah. great uh, demonstration. Such a great insight. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Only two more left. Um, what are two books that you recommend people in the industry read? Oh. It doesn't have to be business. It could be fiction. Or non-fiction. I'm going to go thing. business though, because it goes back to think. me being sort of a, um, a strategy geek. You guys, I'm sure, have read this and had many um, recommendations on it, but oh, two. Um, the Alchemist, Rory Sutherland's book. Have you read that? The Alchemist? Or Alchemy. I'm sorry. Maybe it's oh, Alchemy. Sorry, I was thinking of Paolo Coelho. Yeah, yeah, I thought Paolo Coelho <laughs> as well. It's not this. Yeah, my bad. It's called Alchemy, but Rory would probably kill me for saying The Alchemist. It's Alchemy. And brilliant, yeah. like that's a you know a map into great work. How to think? So again, I have not problem. read that. That's great. Did, did have you heard his episode podcast episode with Rick Rubin? Oh yeah, it's like two hours. So of, good, right? Yeah, if yeah. you like that, you will love this book because it's like yeah. yeah, he's he's like an amazing um, conversationalist and thinker. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm I'm kind of game for anything he's got going on. And then the other one is called Hitmakers, and it's about how things become viral and it's based off of like cases from 1920s all the way up to you know late to 20 21st century so it's uh yeah it's it's really interesting the psychology of it and the formulas and really well it's just a really fun read tons of case studies in it yeah i hope you insist on clients reading that when they come to you with a brief that says make my brand go viral <laughs> yeah. yeah there's there's like uh, there are patterns to it which is interesting in formulas and a lot of good different cases but of course it, there's no one thing that's gonna make it go viral but they're no. they just went back and dissected like where did this start and how did this start where the myths around it going viral and you know what exactly is going on here and it's not just about advertising no, right no, it's, it's not like, culture like, yeah propaganda yeah because yeah okay interesting yeah. and he has some products in there but it, you know things that became popular but it it um i think it starts with a lullaby which became viral before there's even transportation around the world that could allow it to become volatile so it's like a really fascinating like how did that move around yeah yeah amazing okay. yeah final question then rewind the clock to your younger self what advice would you give to the young greg hahn entering uh and embarking on a, a career in advertising god cut your hair no <laughs> <laughs> your hair's famous <laughs> it's part of the brand yeah it is i guess um no I, you should have seen it back then um what i would say though it and honestly is like just enjoy the process more i think when i was younger i was so stressed out about like waiting for something to get approved or for something to happen because then i'd be happy you know you kind of pin your happiness on other people's approval of your work not necessarily approval of who you are but like when you're young, you're trying to build this career and you're like so stressed out. This has got to be the best thing. It's got to be great. I got to win an awards for this. And when I do, I'll be happy. And then you win the awards. It's like, well, I just won that. Now what else did I get? You know? So it's like the process is the thing. That's what we can control. That's what we have. That's the fun part. Don't pin it on some end result. Pin it on what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You wish someone had told you that when I, you were Yeah, I do. Someone, someone told me a, a while ago, I read it somewhere in one of my stoic philosophy and your outreaches. Which is like, Paolo Coelho. Which is <laughs> like the, the person who enjoys walking will go further than the person who 
enjoys the destination. Such good piece of advice. It's all about the process, isn't it? Poignant. Yeah. yeah. One day you'll look back on this and go, these are the days, you know, it's like these. Yeah. I always look back on my time as a junior and go, God, why was I having more fun? That was so, it was <laughs> such a blast. Now they think back on it. But if you remember all the stress of you, pressure you put on yourself is, is, you know, can be, can be harsh. But now you're having all the fun, right? Yeah. Kind of cashing in on it. But still, I I still do that today. I still have to remind myself today, like that, that um, it, you know, stop and enjoy again. I'm big on gratitude, and like that's mm. the surest way to get happy is to appreciate what you have. Wise words. Very wise. Thank you so much, Greg. That's been fascinating little insight into the world of mischief in a, and in your a brain. Bit a, a bit of a therapy session, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Very good. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me and uh, appreciate uh, the talk.